Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Your Questions Answered, where I, Adam Wilborn, I'm joined by a member of the What Culture Wrestling team to answer your burning wrestling questions. I'm very pleased to say today I am joined back by popular demand by Michael Sidgwick to take on the Q&A community. Uh, but before... <laughs> uh, if you're a fan Every of time. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestling culture. As I said, I'm joined by Michael Sidgwick to answer your wrestling questions. And I'm going to start off, Sidge, with a question we get asked all the time and probably have for the last... I don't know, 18 months at least. Uh, you can tweet them at me as always at Adam Wilborn. Follow Mike, Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. First question today, Sidge, though, comes from The Genius, who says, When will Dynamite overtake Raw in overall viewership? Apparently, Dave Meltzer did a really meticulous analysis in a bid to answer this precise question. And I believe through his maths, like just, you know, secondhand, that was scheduled from trends earlier this year or late last when Dynamite Winter is coming or the week after actually beat Raw in the demos. Um, that was on pace to happen in 2022 or 2023. Oddly, actually, no, oddly is too um, soft a word. Inexplicably, Raw's viewership overall and in the key demos has been relatively strong by modern standards in early 2021. Um, they haven't suffered the same striking drops in percentage. They've found an inexplicable baseline <laughs> in parallel prior to last week's, hopefully not an aberration, AW dynamite in March. I don't want to say nosedive, but the effects of that dud explosion pretty much informed a few weeks where it felt a little bit, oh Christ, not, not exactly growing. So in answer to your question, I don't know. Um, Is it important to but, you, like as an AW fan? A professionally played wrestling critic. Uh, but as a, someone who really likes AEW and is a strong product and for a product that embodies my personal tastes, it would be funny. Yeah, It would be really, really funny. Um, but ultimately... As long as they consistently hit a number TNT is happy with, thus securing them a second rights fee, I'll be happy. It doesn't have to win. It's already the better show. Hmm. Like I can cook better tacos. 
better pulled pork shoulder tacos and, <laughs> you know, better thrice cooked chips than, you know, certain fast food outlets, but, you know, they're making more money. It's just, it's a better show. It's good enough for TNT. It's good enough for me. I, I would love it to blow up purely because just the I, I remember WCW 1998. And bear in mind, this is WCW 1998, the year where, you know, it all started to go wrong. You can even describe 1997, Starcade. And yet they were doing stadiums on TV, man. That's how big mm. that company was at the just before the balloon burst at its biggest. They were doing dome shows on TV, man. That's how big it was. I would love, we're talking about, I'd be great if fans came back. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if it got big enough where they were doing MSG sized arenas or American Airlines sized arenas every single week? It would be the absolute tits. So on that basis, and for all the talent that I enjoy, yes, I would love it to explode and be much bigger than WWE. But, you know, if it's as big as it is pre-revolution, I'll be happy wrestling fan. Loud crowds, mm. a thing that's here to stay, that rewards art and expression. That's my base level requirement. Um, I'd like to believe it would overtake Raw, but I just don't know where these Raw numbers are coming from, so I can't say with any certainty. No, it's kind of like I've never really been that arsed. I like winding both sides up when it comes to the ratings, and, I'm, and particularly over the last few weeks, have been quite successful at that. But it's it, like I'm never really that bothered about them uh, when it comes to like AW or NXT and demographics and what have you. But I, it, I said this to you. I'm not sure if even I was on a podcast. I just inexplicably got angry the other day because I was like. I get the Raw after WrestleMania doing, I think it was two, 2 million or something like that. I get it because it's the Raw after WrestleMania. You know, it's not the Raw, you know, you still compare it to five, 10 years ago and it's, you know, dwarfed. But then the Raw after the Raw after WrestleMania, when the Raw after WrestleMania was so disappointing and it did like a what, 1.9? And I was like, who, I know we watch it, but that's very different. And we're here in the UK. Who is there like, well, after that, I need to make sure I tune in next week, despite the fact I didn't tune in, I don't know, six months ago. It's inexplicable sometimes with that. And then the, the it's the opposite with that. When I see AW Dynamite do a big number, like the Shaq show, did a big number with Shaq. And then, you know, it obviously was going was going to go down regardless. But I was almost like, why? Because I thought the Shaq show was one of the best dynamites they've ever put on. In terms of like, if I was a casual fan just dipping in, I'd be like, well, I have to see what happens next with this show, even if the celebrity I've tuned in just to see isn't going to be on it. It blows my mind sometimes. It's insane. Um, before we get to the next Q, and I know I'm here for the A, but mm. I've got a Q. Uh, that's not Alabama. <laughs> um <laughs> I've got an A. Um, I've got a Q. I would look, you'll never get it in good faith. You'll just get some idiot asshole doing a cry laugh emoji, right? I would love to get the opinion of a WWE fan who's like reasonable. There's probably some out there. And I'd love to say, right, what was it about the second Viking Raiders versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin match in as many weeks with the exact same moves, format, <laughs> length, and results that you liked? Like, what is it that you like? But I, you'll never get it. <laughs> That's what they would say. It's like, all right, okay, good, good talk. That's the next question. <laughs> it's when they're like, uh, well, this is going to do, uh, you know, I think you'll find the reason why they do this. It's going to do big money for the company. Well, how does that affect you? Like, I know. Anyway, we're good. That's an we could probably do an entire podcast ranting about this. Uh, let's continue the conversation, though, about AEW. An intriguing <laughs> one. We're often pitching, you know, people jumping uh, from from 
from WWE, obviously, to AEW. But Matt Robb says, a lot of talk about which WWE talent would end up going to AEW. However, which big name, with the exception of Jericho, do you think will be the inevitably the first to jump from AEW back to WWE? Or not back, but even to jump WWE? Um, it's a very hard question to answer, right? Because every report you read of locker room morale in AEW... They legitimately greet Tony Khan as like he's been described on record. It's not me saying it, I don't know the bloody bloke, but he's been described by so many people on that roster as the nicest boss he could ever hope to meet. Mm-hmm. This is a company that pays well, billionaire funded, is a meritocracy that encourages artistic expression. I just don't understand. There's not a single reason why he'd want to go to WWE unless you have poor enough taste like Jake Atlas great wrestler but it was always his dream to go to WWE I think he had overtures from AEW but it's like no it's always been my dream to go to WWE same with Ben Carter always been my dream to work here so I'm going to do it yeah so I mean sometimes I struggle with the idea that not everyone has the same opinion and taste as me because it's so good and so correct but there are probably wrestlers in AEW probably think oh it's not that bad over there you know they'll probably pay a bit more and you know like a grown up off the top of my head because I probably should give an answer I can I can imagine I can imagine Jericho I don't know the I can imagine Jericho doing a swan song there I really can mm. beyond him it's just I'm not being I'm not doing a gimmick here they're so bad <laughs> And so the thing is, it's, it's, it's not even like they could turn around and say, all right, I know we've been bad, but with you, not only will we pay you exorbitant amounts of money, um, you'll get, you know, you'll get the chance to do all the things you want to. Because the amount of times I've seen them and heard them do that with so many other previous talents that have gone and come back, where they get allowed to do what they want to do for three weeks and then they go, all right, enough of that bollocks. You've signed on the dotted line. Uh, we're jobbing you out to whoever this week. But I'm not doing a gimmick here. I'm really not. If you look at the people who you think, right, if I'm this person, I'm looking at WWE and thinking, I might care more about money than doing creative stuff, right? And I'm a Vince guy, look at me. I could probably go there. Both Wardlow and Jade Cargill, who very much meet that description, were overlooked by WWE and didn't pass tryouts. Just, they've hired rubbish Pro wrestlers over the years, like countless horrendous pro wrestlers over the years, and now Lauren Ice is back. And they look Wardlow and Cockin. You'd think, right, okay, if you've got two left feet, literally, if you've got some kind of two left feet, we'll still train you to wrestle because look at you. And they didn't do that with Wardlow and Jade Cargill. So my answer is it's so far ahead into the future that I just can't imagine anyone wanting to leave to go there specifically. The only name that, that I would suggest, and I don't think this is going to happen, is maybe, maybe, and this is a long way down the road because I think she's going to be the next world champion, maybe someone like Britt Baker, but only She because... said she's never, ever, ever leaving AEW. Oh, there you go then. Well, that... She's the person I was paraphrasing by saying that she thinks Tony Khan's the best person in the world. She was asked, would you like to work in the same company by Renee Paquette um, alongside Adam Cole? And she went, yes, but I'm not leaving, so... Why would she leave? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, that, 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 all I was going to say there was, you know, to work with a difference women's division, and it's it's not like it was six, 12 months ago where people were like, oh, the AW women's division is crap. It's not. Look at what happened literally last night on Dynamite. Um, and only because also of association, obviously, Adam Cole, and then relationship. I think she was trained, I think, by Candice LeRae and Gargano. So, you know, that would make sense. But then that kind of blows my entire point out of the water there. So there you go. Look, if they continue to do what they're doing with the women's division, small, small, small gains to the point where you think, I'm still only doing more women's a match on those shows. Maybe Penelope Ford or someone who's yes. got clear potential, who is the rare exception to the fact that it's not a meritocracy in the women's division because she had an awesome match with Sheeta at last year's Fighter Fest and has done next to nothing on TV since. Someone who's proved that she can do it and wasn't particularly rewarded. Maybe Penelope Ford. Yeah, and maybe Gipsavian goes with her. Who knows? But yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Uh, speaking of uh, female wrestlers, Natty Frankenstein, uh, uh, you'll understand why I picked this question in a second, says, uh, where would you like to see Billy Bloody Kane, Peyton Bloody Royce end up either as a tag or as singles? What do you reckon the future holds for the for, now former? I got it! I don't want to see them in AEW. I don't think their brand of comedy which is good in the WWE context, would particularly land in AEW, which I'm sorry, it's like legitimately like belly laugh funny when it is really, really funny. Um, and Billy Kay can't really go. Peyton Royce has shown glimpses. Um, ultimately, I would like, I think they've obviously developed enough of an audience. Jesus Christ, I'm your guest on this podcast, so I've intimately <laughs> learned that. They've developed enough of a cult audience to land in impact wrestling it's the perfect place for them impact wrestling is sometimes even more sports entertainment wacky centric than wwe i think it's a perfect platform for their particular talents and they should hopefully pay well enough so i'd like to see them land there and i think it's the best destination um they're not going to go to stardom (laughs) realistically um women of honor dead as far as I can tell. Impact seems to me the only yeah. option, but also, for good for them, the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm obviously incredibly biased, but I, like, I, I hold my hands up. I don't think Billy Kay's, you know, the best wrestler. I don't think they're the best tag team in the world. But I think they're, as a brand, I think it's inexplicable that you would just break them up just for the sake of breaking them up as WWE did. And yeah, I, I completely agree. I think AEW would probably be the wrong move and, and wouldn't happen, in my opinion. I think Impact Wrestling is ideal. And as we've campaigned for, for a long time now, you can bring them in as a, a, a women's tag team or whatever. But until Billy Kay levels up, I think you have her, you know, not necessarily be the mouthpiece. I think they both can talk. But her, we've seen her be spectacular at this when they did a brief fl- flirt with it on WWE of... Peyton Royce wrestles, Billy Kay, you know, calls stuff from the outside, maybe interferes a little. I could easily see uh, Peyton Royce becoming female world champion for Impact off the back of something like that. And I just think it's, you know, Samoa Joe was obviously inexplicable unless something's happened where he said, look, and if you're not going to clear me to wrestle, get rid of me sort of thing. But they were they were right up there for me of just like, why on earth would you let them go? But then that's, you know, the jaw-dropping decisions with the Iconic don't exactly begin and end with with letting them go, so still. Um, concluding our, our conversation about uh, female talents, uh, Shard Geel on Twitter asks, are WWE wasting Bailey's talents? Shame what they did with her at WrestleMania. WWE's wasting everybody's talents. <laughs> Short answer to that. 
I thought the WrestleMania thing was actively horrible. Um, obviously, I've developed a reputation as someone who's biased or too negative or whatever. Like that, it was almost reprehensible what they did to Bailey at WrestleMania. Even worse than the, the two-night hook where she was dicking around the Hall of Fame lot and that brought out the, the baby face Bella twins who ganged up on her. Just I tweeted at the time, what an awful company with such awful values. Doesn't reward the amazing work Bailey put into the pandemic. She was the heel who was ganged up on by two baby faces. She wasn't even being that much of a dick. She didn't like cut someone's face open and get heel heat and deserve getting a kick in. She's just answering some, asking some good questions. Worse than the Bella Twins thing, because the dynamic is when she interviewed the NWO and your man Titus, now he was scripted, said, I don't care. Scott Hall couldn't have found it any funnier that this woman was made to shut up. And I was repulsed, repulsed by that NWO segment. Couldn't have hated it anymore. So yes, they're wasting our talents. They are wasting everyone's talents, virtually, apart from Roman Reigns. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, right, let's on, go move on to uh, some more questions. We got sent on Twitter at What Culture WWE at Adam Wilborn at M Sidrick. Patrick says, uh, given how hard it is for talent to get TV time, should WWE bring back Sunday Night Heat as a YouTube show, YouTube show similar to AEW Dark? Is this gentleman's name again? Patrick. Patrick. You might want to sit down. Uh-oh. Um, WWE has changed irrevocably and exponentially for the worse since the the nice and fondly remembered days of Sunday Night Heat. Um, 
It's the same deal with the SmackDown fist, pyro, moving match graphics. Sunday Night Heat is, is in the same vein of conversation. You can't just do these things and recycle back the years and they achieve the same function. People like the SmackDown fist because it made the show feel big time and they associate the fist with the memories of the SmackDown 6, for example. People like the moving match graphics because for whatever reason, I can't explain, they like the ruthless aggression era. They've already got main event. They've already got 205 Live. I mean, if they made a show like Sunday Night Heat and put it on YouTube and they allow talent... No, no one would watch it for a start. Like No one watches main event, which is essentially the modernized version of Sunday Night Heat. No one would watch it. It wouldn't magically make things better. The fact that they'd be put on what has become known as a C-show would make it look missable. You could have some great matches on there. There's sometimes great matches on 205. Yeah, I've I, read about. I, got, I got tweeted a while back uh, from someone. I think it was it's someone saying, I think it was Cedric and Ricochet were having some bangers on, on main event. And I was like, that's nice. Absolutely. But why would yeah. I that? It's just more matches that don't matter in what has become a content factory in which so many of the matches on Raw or SmackDown don't matter. No one watch it. No one would watch it. It wouldn't matter. Um, they're more than happy to just pay certain guys to keep them away from certain promotions, Ricochet, AEW, etc. Patrick, I don't want to like patronize you or anything here. I feel a bit like Fraser Crane. If you want the days of Sunday Night Heat to come back, an era of good wrestling, just watch more AEW. <laughs> Yeah, Sunday Night Heat is here. It's just called AEW Dark now. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, just continue watching AEW because I'm telling you, when it comes to WWE and developing talent and positioning them in storylines that you'd like to see, those days are dead. It's a content factory now. I just, I'd love, you know, you know, purely from my child childhood memories, I'd love something like Sunday Night Heat to come back because that was probably one of my first introductions into wrestling of just like, Someone, uh, someone introducing it to me, like someone at school mentioning, oh, you know, if you tune in on the Sunday on Channel 4, you get to watch some wrestling. And then that leading you into being like, oh, what's, what's Raw? What's SmackDown? And then, you know, having to break out the long play tape so you can record WrestleMania because it might be bloody four hours. But yes, it's a, it's a very different place now. Um, kind of weird that they don't put stuff like main event on, on YouTube, isn't it? Because like the amount of content they... I mean, they do push a lot of stuff of like, hey, check out this WWE.com exclusive or whatever. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like you say, it's it's not like they're there going, oh, no, we haven't found time on Raw this week for Ricochet. They care about who they care about and everyone else can just sort of sit in catering, can't they? Yep, it's dead. <laughs> um, it's just interesting. It's sort of something we've, we've sort of spoken about briefly, uh, arguably more in, in uh, a few weeks back when... You know, things were looking slightly more iffy for AEW. But Big Man Small Planet says, how does AEW address its bloated roster besides the extra hour that they are creating later this year? Uh, and would that be enough to balance the show more consistently? I feel like they've got more of a handle on it now. And I know, how can they have so many stables? I can't keep count. But what do you think about all this? Um, I think that an hour is a long time. It doesn't feel like it. An hour is a long, long time. As you said to me earlier, wait till you have kids. <laughs> yeah, Christ, I know. Oh, my God. People in the UK of a certain age will remember what it was like to watch BBC Two, Simpsons, and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frenzy for 
the double bill. Six and seven, boom, it's past our crisis. It's time for school again. When you have kids, six till seven. Jesus Christ, it feels like a month. I love the bits, but the days should stop at like four o'clock. They should sleep for 16 hours because you get the absolute best, most warming times with your children. And then it's like, how are you still got so much energy? Because I've got more. <laughs> and that was a long, long time. Trust me. I know that from um, wonderful and challenging experience. An extra hour would allow for the rushed developments in the mid card to register. You could, in effect, tell this entire nightmare family storyline on AEW Fuse, as Adam Wilborn genuinely brilliantly has called it. If you stick that on the third hour, what happens to the remaining two? You get five minutes extra from Ricky Starks and Hamman Page to have a TV classic. You get five extra minutes to rethink about the various plot holes that have kind of emerged in an otherwise sensational year for AEW Dynamite. You get more promo time for the people who really are marketable as flagship performers and are better able to express their characters. Um, and hours a long time, let's not undersell that. And the worst thing would be WWE, as the WWF, managed it spectacularly throughout 2000 somehow with Raw and SmackDown. But it's untenable to do like two two hour shows per week. The one hour is enough, I think, to better distribute time across the roster. And any more you're looking at content factory bollocks. I'll quit wrestling if AEW becomes a content factory that doesn't reward my investment and attention. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that they shouldn't. It should the right talent come available. I I don't think AEW needs to sign anyone until I mean, maybe even next year. Next year, next year for me. Uh, right, question here. I'm going to read this verbatim because the way he's written it. From Matt Reigns, who says... Hey. Yes, hi, Matt Reigns again, Sidgwick Megafan. I have a WWE question. Ha! What happens after Blood and Guts for the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle? I know MJF Jericho stuff has been building for months, but it still feels a little rushed between the factions themselves. Yeah, they're going to go down the WWE route, Blood and Guts, and then maybe a straight-up singles match between MJF Jericho. As I've touched on... Thank you for the question, Matt Reigns, and thank you for the loyal, enduring support. I really, really appreciate it, and you are a very great man. Truly. So thank you for your support. It always means the world. Here's my... It's a broad take, this, and I might not answer your specific question. I'll try and do both. My broad take is that I've stopped, and people might think this is even more generous than I have been towards AEW, but I've just stopped, and I've decided to take a step back from criticizing things too heavily. They've always got a plan. Because of, and I'm not saying you do this, Matt, but a lot of people do this, and I'm guilty of, my, of it myself when I have conversations with people. It's just the way we are wired through the overbearing presence of the monopoly for the past 20 years. I now view AEW as something like a limited event series, even though it isn't produced in that way. It's obviously weekly episodic. In that, I place so much faith and it's been rewarded so heavily about trusting the process and where every storyline ends up. I can't recall a single week before an AEW pay-per-view, right? Where I haven't felt like every storyline has peaked so perfectly just at the precipice of that destination where I'm a little 13 year old Mark all over again. <laughs> what I'm driving at is if it feels too soon to do something it invariably isn't, right? 
I think everyone had the same thing because it's the WWE brain of Christ, that's early to do blood and guts, even though Jericho and MGF have been feuding for as long as they have. It never is. It's not going to be grabby. They're not going to do diminishing returns after it. I don't know what the plan is, Matt, but I know there is one. I absolutely know fine well. I'm telling you, I know there is a plan. And, you know, we sat here yesterday and said, oh, I don't know, they kind of botched this whole pinnacle thing and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, correct it in the course of one promo uh, with credit, not just to Wardlow, uh, but obviously uh, more so to, to, to MJF. And then is it next week's the final one, isn't it? Before Blunder goes, obviously, and they've got this, this parlay. And, you know, if you think that's going to be nice and reserved, I sense it's going to be the opposite of that. You, you're completely right in terms of, the amount of times we've sat there and gone, oh, I don't know. Like, even if they decide, I don't think they will, but even if they decide we're going to do Page versus Omega at Double or Nothing, and you'd be sat there going, what? That's like three weeks in between Blood and Guts and Double or Nothing. How are they going to get there? Like you say, in terms of building up faith and trust in the audience, AW, you haven't really put a foot wrong. Indeed. My personal opinion on the specific of what each faction does afterwards, it all depends on the finish. Is this inner circle, new back and black thing, one last throw of the dice? Can they carry on as a unit if they lose? And I think they will lose. The pinnacle will go over. It feels like that's going to be a big main event concern in the future. Um, I honestly think MJF versus Hangman Page is going to be the direction. Hangman Page and the Dark Order versus the pinnacle will build to that deep into the second half of the year. And I've got no idea what they do with the inner circle but Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara is a feud I've wanted since they first developed the chemistry because that is what creates actual like conflict worth exploring subsequent. It always stings more when you like the people together. So those are the two directions I can see. I just do not know when. And I think what's the future for MJF, we talked about this a lot, is... Well, wait till the pay-per-view after Hangman Page beats Omega for the title and give him the title. It's going to be very brief, uh, babyface run as world champion, unfortunately, for the time being anyway, for, for Hangman Page. Uh, well, he deserve, does deserve, obviously, a world title reign. Um, speaking of someone I have uh, questionable feelings about, Ricky Starks. Uh, a question here from Horatio Max uh, asks, should Ricky Starks be split off from Team Taz and do you see him leading his own stable get in there right now and say absolution thoughts uh, <laughs> god remember that someone reminded me of that the other uh, my head was blown off man hair came off couldn't believe it um ricky starks would be a perfect stable leader because mm-hmm. if you can get someone who can do everything but not talk put on ricky starks like he'd be a perfect mouthpiece he projects genuine superstar like qualities and I don't think there's anything he can't do he's played babyface before he arrived in AEW and he did that remarkably well as well um why the hell not I don't know who's in the group I'm talking here two three years much like Kenny Omega and Don Callis I think in years right after the pinnacle after Team Taz once these are fleeting memories I think there's real money. Given the chemistry I've seen exhibited between them on Twitter and on screen, I would love a proper main event level unit of Sammy Guevara, Ricky Starks, and MJF. Oh, 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 oh. I just think 
three young, handsome, incredibly arrogant, like potential to be seriously, I kind of hate you a bit, obnoxious because you're so high above me. That's a stable I'd like to see Ricky Starks in, but like down the line, down the line. And I'd call it the Mad Shaggers because that's what they <laughs> Uh, final few questions here. James Costello says, uh, because we all love a well-booked tournament, not including the European Super League, like that, James, uh, and WWE won't do a King of the Ring, should AEW do one with the winner getting a title shot and how should Samoa Joe win it? Oh, God, not this again. I'm sorry um, to the person who asked this question. The Samoa Joe thing, I draw the line at them signing Samoa Joe. And that feels like it's going to be sacrilegious among some because I loved some more Joe's ROH run just as much as you did, trust me. Um, they have to draw the line somewhere for a while. I'm not saying never sign him. They don't sign anyone for six months in a signing feels like a signing again. Uh, Samoa Joe working a part-time schedule and being able to go as best he can and not being like pounded like through a meat grinder, Yes. But not yet, man. Not yet. There's too many people. Um, no one feels like a sign. Like Ethan Page doesn't feel like a signing. Like a signing is meant to be like, oh, Christ, someone new. And it doesn't feel like that because there are too many new characters on this show. Not to keep track of, but to resonate as someone new and fresh and vibrant. They've done tournaments before and they're very good at them. Yes. Um, for me, I think there was a bit too many tournaments, battle royales, Ladder matches for title contenders early in this month. So for me, unless they do a G1 adjacent round robin thing, right? I'd love to see them do that deeper in the year because again, we've had a lot of why well, have a ranking system matches. I want to see the ranking system as it has been for the last two or three weeks, quite wonderfully, like really emphasized as a storyline driver. So no tournaments, no Joe. I'm sorry for now. It gets me very worried when people talk about American companies following some sort of G1 thing, because I remember that thing they did at TNA for a while. They were like, three points for a win, two points for a knockout, or whatever. It was just absolute bollocks. This, this is the thing, and it feeds into a wider point we're making earlier. There's so much stupidity <laughs> in the history of 21st century pro wrestling that we can't enjoy or savor good things or worry that they're not going to go away when these good things do happen in AEW. Um, no tournaments and no Joe for at least several months, I'm afraid. Uh, I will end on one final wrestling question, but I, I love this question, so I'm going to ask it. Uh, I might catch you a bit off guard from, from AFK. Uh, AFK says, reading your work, I've always suspected you're the rare wrestling critic who was a writer primarily and a wrestling fan second. So I was curious, which is actually your first love, so to speak? Also, have you considered writing fiction? Great question, that AFK. Well, you're going to get a little glimpse into my personal life here. Yeah. I was a wrestling fan first. Right, I have watched, loved, hated, been bored by, went dark on for periods, pro wrestling for about 30 years, 29, 30, give or take. My first two VHS videos were WrestleMania 6 and SummerSlam 1989, the goddamn theme to SummerSlam 1989. And it was uh, was repurposed for the Royal Rumble, I believe, um, a couple of years later, is just the sound of WWF, WWE for me. And every drab, crap content stuffed raw i just think how can you like this and hear that song so that's the crack however 
However, when I started watching the Attitude Era and I started reading Power Slam magazine and I started to realise, oh, it's, obviously I always knew it was predetermined, but it's, it's an art behind it. There's politics, fascinating politics behind all of this. I want to write about this. I want to be a wrestling writer when I was 13, 14 years old. And I've kind of molded my mentality to approach watching wrestling with a critic's eye in mind. I remember I first started writing for Lords of Pain, right? Um, .NET. Old school fans will probably know about that now. Um, in the Columns Forum. And every bit of feedback was, oh, you're a talented writer, but what are you watching it for? <laughs> and it's like, I want to be a wrestling writer. It's like, yeah, but you don't seem to enjoy it. Yeah, because some of WWE's TV's bad. It's like, well, why are you writing about it? It's like, it's not a blog. I'm not doing fan mail. Like, I'm doing this with an, I've just always written. And for, for longer than I've been a fan, I've been a critic in my head, knowing one day I was going to do this. Truly, 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 truly. Have I considered writing fiction? I did creative writing at university, University of Leeds, in which I've wrote fiction. Um, poetry was my thing that I really started to, to think I was quite good at and that my lecturers said I was quite good at. Um, I can't imagine doing it now because I'm happily being a full-time What Culture WWE employee, but I feel like I've got the attitude now. I was a lazy bastard for several years several years before at and leaving university. I only really developed a work ethic like shockingly late in life <laughs> to the point where I've had an idea to write something. I would never just sit down and do it ever. I was such a lazy bastard. And uh, I feel now that I know how long these things take to do and they're not so daunting and I'm just in the practice of doing it all the time that, yeah, I could do it. I could do it. Maybe one day I will, but my God, any aspiring writers out there, do it. Stop lying to yourself. You're not a writer unless you do it. And it's so much easier than you think to just spend a full Saturday, a day off, right? That's what I, in 2012, I thought, you know what? Stop being a lazy bastard and start doing this. And uh, yeah, any aspiring writers, just do it. Every writer who does this to a degree of success will tell you the same thing. And that's because it's a truth. Do it. Stop procrastinating and do it. You will not do it otherwise. No one asked, uh, but I'd probably say uh, impressionist, then a wrestling fan, probably an entertaining third. Uh, <laughs> I'm a crowbar in two final questions into one here. Uh, one comes from Ollie, who says, is there a stipulation match you'd like to see in AEW that hasn't been seen already? Uh, one here from uh, Jolie, who says, who do you see as the undisputed number one in AEW in five years' time? Oh, first question. Off the top of my head, they've done virtually every single one. They haven't done them anywhere near, like not enough, but too much to the point where I feel like I never want to see an AEW gimmick match that they have done a lot again, which is probably more important. Look, the sheer range that they have, like they've done FMW matches, they've done JCP matches, they've done WWE gimmick matches, they've done timeless standards. Um, I really can't think of one. Um I really can't think of one that they've not done that I'd like to see. Two out of three falls, provided the storyline's right. Mm -hmm. um, I would love a, a mark for a two out of three falls match because what the two out of three falls match does is 
even and this is why my favorite ever match of all time is a two out of three falls match, um, Dominion 2018, obviously, um, Omega Ricarda, is that you get a free pass to do near falls, and near falls are tits. I love near falls, they're absolutely tits. Like it's <laughs> drama. I just love the idea of just someone's gonna win. This matters. This isn't a the two out of three falls match gives you a free pass to go boom, 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 boom. Let's do them. And Iron Man does to a lesser extent, but the complexion of an Iron Man match means the near falls don't mean quite as much because yeah. sometimes you go five, four, whatever. Like I really feel like two out of three falls is one of my favorite stipulations in AEW should do it soon. Uh, and that final one. Joe, question, sorry. The final one for Jody. Who do you see as the undisputed number one in AEW in five years' time? So what's like 2026? Oh, the, the best guys, and they are starting to like materialize now. That's the joy of this company. It's not like for yet for the first few months we think, oh, MGS is going to be something. Uh, Jungle Boy is going to be something. Um, Hangman Page, Darby on they're all going to be something. Like at least three of them are like really something now. And it's like all these things that you thought, oh, it'd be great if this company was consistently great and these things could happen. Like they are happening. Darby Allen is like pretty much the guy now. He's the demo guy. Um, he's on fire. Um, if you want to listen to us praise Darby Allen's poems in that main event, of course, you can listen to the Dynamite um, Review podcast, which should be available um, wherever you get your podcast from right now. Um, the best thing about AEW, right, is... Is that pretentious line from Lisa Simpson? And, and I'm nothing if not pretentious, where she says, You have to listen to the notes they're not playing. And the guy <laughs> goes, I can, do that. I can do that at home. To really grasp the brilliance of AEW, and I will shut the hell up, this is a long podcast, but to really grasp the brilliance of AEW in terms of how good they are preserving matches and how good they are at making everything feel special and not content and just really well balanced. Think of the matches they haven't booked. Mm. They haven't done MGF versus Darby Allen. They haven't done Kenny Omega versus Darby Allen. They haven't done John Moxley versus Cody. They haven't done John Moxley versus um, Hangman Page. They've got millions, not millions. They've got several matches they <laughs> haven't done, all of which is to state that in five years' time is the question. Mm hmm. In five years' time, we might not, we might still be at like the second or third MGF versus Darby Allen match. Yeah, there are two legacy feuds I can see that when AEW becomes its own thing, Cody Omega and the books have scaled back, and it really feels like they built this thing, but they intend to be involved in it as executives and part-time guys forever. But it's a thing for life. The definitive chapters of AEW, I think, are going to be written in programs between MGF and Hangman Page and MGF versus Darby Allen. Um, if you look at the character dynamic between MGF and Darby Allen, it is honestly quite incredible. And I think it's neck and neck between them two for me right now. Yeah, and just to add to that, I'm sort of stealing your take as well. Uh, MGF obviously is a name I'm going to mention uh, as, as front and centre in five years' time. Uh, but also, and this you you yourself have said this, and I've just sort of stolen it. MJF and Jungle Boy, like Jungle Boy's going to be like he's what twenty three? They said or something. Three, 23 years old, and I've said this before. We're going to look at these. We're looking at Jungle Boy now. We're going to look at pictures of the Jungle Boy we are watching now in like five years' time, and they're going to look like those pictures of Flex Cavana. They're mm. going to look like those pictures of Ric Flair when he's like looks like Bruno Sammartino. <laughs> like he's gonna look like he's a different human being in five years' time. Wild card pick, hook. 
There you go. Uh, but let us know your thoughts on all the questions we've discussed on Twitter uh, and send us more uh, for the news in the morning at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, you to, of course, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. And you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE and make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. Thanks once again to Michael Sidgwick for uh, answering all of your questions. We will do this again soon. But for now, my thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.